Will you please pray with me? O risen Christ, open us to the power of your resurrection as we hear it proclaimed anew this day, that we too might rise to new life in you. Amen. The scripture for today comes to us from John chapter 10, verses 11 through 18. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it up again. I have received the command from my Father the Word of God for the people of God. I have to tell you, I get overwhelmed. Do you get overwhelmed? I get overwhelmed. I get overwhelmed when Amy sends me to the grocery store to pick up one item. Any, any, any of the guys with me, right? Like, uh, I mean, like, I don't know how you guys did it before there were cell phones, right? I mean, like, I take my cell phone with me, and I go into the aisle where she's told me to get whatever it is, and I subtly take a picture of the item, and I text it to her, and I wait for confirmation. <laughs> Nobody else does this? Come on. I, I see you. You're subtly doing it as well, right? And I'm in a complete tizzy if Amy does not have her cell phone with her wherever she is, for me to check in to make sure this is the right product, the, the right version of Crest toothpaste. You do know that there are 27 varieties of Crest toothpaste. That's painful, 27 varieties. And, and hopefully she doesn't send me to get Campbell's condensed, condensed soup. There are 53 varieties of that. I'm in complete trouble if it's soup. One time it was Cheerios. Have you ever gone shopping for Cheerios? There are no less than 10 different versions of Cheerios. There are original Honey Nut, Honey Nut Medley Crunch, Apple Cinnamon, Banana Nut, Frosted, Chocolate, Multigrain, Multigrain with Peanut Butter, Dolce de Leche, really? And we're not done yet. Cinnamon and Cinnamon Burst. Oh my goodness. Cheerios. Just pick up some Cheerios, honey, on the way home. <laughs> overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. Now, even when I'm in my comfort zone, I'm still overwhelmed at the grocery store, right? Dryers, uh, um, dairy dessert. Now, we're not going to go into the fact that they didn't call it ice cream. I don't want to know what they put in it, right? It still tastes good. You, you know when they don't say it's ice cream, that means it's you know, like less than cream. It's dairy. Okay, you're not gonna laugh at that one. All right, it's okay, I'm good. Um, so when you look at uh, Breyer's dairy dessert, 
There are natural, French, half the fat, no sugar added, extra creamy, homemade, lactose-free, and carb-smart. This is all within the flavor of vanilla. <laughs> Overwhelmed. So many choices. Do, do you ever get this way? Do you ever feel overwhelmed by the simple things in the world around us? How many of you get 100 emails a day? Right? And why, why do you need 100 emails today? Right? Why, I mean, the, the, same, um, the same spammers are still spamming me. And I'm like, if I haven't bought it, right? I love when Amazon.com gets really smart and says, wow, you bought a stereo. So the week after you buy the stereo, here's five other stereos. Why? I just bought. You know I bought. Okay, y'all must not have the same problem I do. All of these things, right? Um, the death of boredom, the overwhelming choices of all that we can do. Have you ever sat down to, have, uh, to watch a little bit of TV and you decide, okay, I'm gonna use Netflix, and you start scrolling through Netflix thinking, what will I spend the 30 minutes that I have to watch a TV show? And before you know it, the 30 minutes is up and you've not picked anything. Overwhelmed overwhelmed with choices. Our scripture passage kind of talks about this uh, place of being overwhelmed. Uh, in our scripture passage, we are uh, hearing Jesus talk in John about one of those great I am statements. I am the good shepherd. Uh, the Agape Sunday School class has spent the last couple of weeks looking at the I am statements. The I am the good shepherd. Um, now, I have to say, Jesus is a, a great teacher and does a wonderful job, uh, but shepherd may not be the thing that connects with our lived experience. How many have sheep on the back 40? Nobody? Okay. Yeah. I mean, you think about it. I'm, I'm the good supervisor. I am the good district superintendent. I am the good shift manager. I still think good district superintendent may be the one oxymoron and all of that. When you think about, I am the good shepherd, what does it mean for us? When we start thinking about shepherds, uh, shepherds' livelihood was in that flock of sheep, okay? Where they were grazing on the field, however many, if there are 100 or 200, that is, well, you can think about it as their 401k. There it is, right? On the side of the hill. Now, um, we have wonderful stories in other parts of Scripture where uh, Jesus, as the good shepherd, talks about the good shepherd leaving the 99 and finding the one. This makes a little bit of sense now, right? I'm going to leave 99% of my 401k and find under the couch, hopefully, the one quarter I lost. No one does that, right? When, when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, he says, I am the good shepherd. My sheep know my voice, and I know them. Even to this day, you can go to Palestine and around watering holes, there will be eight or nine uh, different shepherds with their sheep at the watering hole. Do they brand them? No. Do they put little, um, you know, little colored ribbons on their uh, ears? Do they dye them pink? Who knows? No, they don't do any of that. They do it the same way today as they did it back in Jesus's day. The shepherd would have one particular call, a, a trill of the voice, uh, a whistle, a, a cat call, something that would be distinct to that shepherd. And when it's time to go, the shepherd calls, and it's like magic. His sheep come out of the watering hole and come and follow him. I am the good shepherd. Jesus talks here about uh, people who are the hired hand. Could you imagine hiring someone to take care of your whole livelihood? You would only hire them if they treated it as if it was 
their livelihood, right? You see the hired hand when the, the wolf comes or when uh, the lion shows up or the uh, lions and tigers and bears. Oh my, yeah, you are listening, good. What does the hired hand do? Whew, I'm out of here, right? Uh, but the good shepherd, the good shepherd, Jesus says, lays down his life for the sheep. Uh, um, in these nine verses, Jesus says that phrase, lays down his life, uh, nine times. Er, I'm sorry, uh, says it five times in the nine verses. Numbers were always hard. Um, and think about, as he says it, he says, I, I, um, I lay down my life for the sheep. I have no other sheep. Uh, I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me. I lay it down in my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. It's easy in the mix of, I can lay it down, I can take it up, that we forget that he's talking about his very life. That to be the good shepherd, there is a cost to the love of the shepherd. That if you're going to lay down your life for something, and we see that lived out in Jesus's life, right? He goes willingly to the cross and sacrifices his life for our sins. I'm the good shepherd. I lay down my life, not because I'm a hired hand and someone tells me to, but I do it because I love the sheep and the sheep know me and I know the sheep. It's a powerful passage of love and support. Uh, during uh, one of the summers of my seminary uh, education, I spent a summer uh, with a family, and I was the um, student associate um, at a small church out in the country in North Carolina. Uh, it was Mount Pleasant. It, it sounds uh, very rosy and sweet. It was. Um, and I lived on a, a property of weekend farmers. Uh, this was a couple that had jobs in Charlotte, but on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, they had about 100 head of sheep. Now this sounded fascinating to me because I'd grown up in the woodlands and I thought sheep are cute, sheep are fuzzy, sheep would be fun to hang out with. And so one of the first weekends, uh, Myra and Steve, the couple come to me and they say, well this weekend we're going to worm the sheep. And I said, great, can I come? And they looked at me like I was crazy. I said, oh no, that'd be great. I, I wanna you know, get dirty and you know, do the whole farming thing. And what I discovered was that sheep are absolutely dumb. Like when Jesus says, I am the shepherd and you are the sheep, he is not complimenting us at all. <laughs> and and she, sheep are not only dumb, but they, they smell and they're dirty and they don't understand, right? I think of like white, fuzzy, fluffy sheep, right? Oh no, matted fur everywhere, right? Matted wool everywhere. And a sheep is really resistant and rebellious. You, you put a, a lead over the sheep's head and go to pull the sheep, and all of a sudden, it's decided you're worth nothing and will pull against you. But uh, all the sheep were in uh, chutes as they were headed to being wormed. I won't describe that so as not to ruin your lunch. Um, but the way to get a sheep to go is not to pull them from the front, but to gently push them from behind. It's like you could be the same person that was in front and now you're behind, but because you gently push, they run exactly where you wanted them to go, down the chute. So when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd and you are the sheep, we have to come to the realization that the shepherd knows best and that we as sheep may not know exactly how good we have it. But think about when you are overwhelmed. 
Think about when you feel like the water is rising and you can only tread so long. You've gotten your hundred emails. You've gotten your numbers of texts. You, you are overwhelmed with the digital communications that come in, or maybe the bills start stacking up, or maybe the, uh, the out-of-town friends start calling at your house because you've not been making good on your payments. When we feel overwhelmed, what do we usually do? We double down. We get serious. You know, I haven't really been trying hard at work. I'll really try harder now. I'll pull myself up by my bootstraps. It's almost like we forget that we are sheep, and instead we think we are the lone ranger, and we don't even need Tonto. Okay, no laughter on that one, all right? But instead, maybe the comforting thing to do is to remember that there is a shepherd, that there is a shepherd who knows us, and we know the shepherd's voice that the shepherd intends good things for us, will uh, lead us by streams of water, uh, let us uh, eat in pastures that are green, uh, guide us through the valley of the shadow of death, and set a feast before us in the presence of our enemies. The 23rd Psalm is such a great reminder of what the shepherd does. Have you ever noticed that we tend to read the 23rd Psalm at the end of someone's life. It's like we can only say, uh, the Lord is my shepherd after a life has been lived. We cannot necessarily refer to it along the way, but you and I both know that throughout our lives, it is only because of the good shepherd that we stand where we stand. It's not because of our own ability, our own talent. It's not because of our um, uh, you know, creative uh, outlook on how to do work, but it's because when in difficult times, the shepherd rescued us. That the, the shepherd was not a hired hand here for a season, but rather the shepherd was part of the flock and called us to follow him. You know, um, I found it very interesting. One of the top selling apps uh, on the iTunes apps store uh, is um, called a survival guide. Uh, it is the survival guide written by John Lofty Wiseman. It's uh, his SAS survival guide from the uh, Special Air Service of the British Air Force. Uh, it is a book that's now been digitized, and then they added photos and videos all together uh, in this app. So with this app, uh, you can find life-saving information, videos, and other tips and tricks for how to survive when the worst unexpected things happen. Doesn't matter what, no matter how far off you are, right? There's a photo gallery that tells you different animal tracks. So you can figure out which ones are good to eat and which ones aren't. Uh, there, there's one that uh, shows uh, a photo gallery that shows medicinal versus poisonous plants. Because when you're out in the middle of nowhere, you'll have cell signal and battery life to look at this, right? You know, there, there's also a, a whole set of videos uh, related to snakes. No longer do you have to memorize red before yellow kill a fellow or whatever that is, right? Oh no, just use the app. There's an app for that. Uh, it's almost as if you have everything you need. There's a comprehensive first aid section that tells you everything from putting in a trach to setting a broken bone, but it doesn't include the first aid kit, right? You know, what's interesting is we think if we just prepare better, 
If we just have all the information, if we just have all the the data before us, we can make any decision possible and survive anything that might come. Even the United States government has a a, uh, disaster plan for the zombie apocalypse. Did I say that clear enough? The United States government, our tax tax dollars supporting it, has a disaster plan for the zombie apocalypse. We are drunk on the idea of preparation, so much so that we become overwhelmed by all the stuff that we have to do. We really do think that the first step in the midst of a disaster is to do more or to do better or to pull it off ourselves. There's a story of a flock Uh, six flocks of sheep in Turkey back in 2005, where um, the uh, shepherds were down at the fire and and, um, one sheep had wandered up close to a cliff. One sheep, right? Surely the sheep's smart enough. Well, the one sheep goes over the cliff. The rest of the 450 sheep followed in a line and jumped off the cliff. Not all 450 um, died. As you got to like 425, um, they hadn't been sheared yet, and so there was quite a a pile of cotton. And so like 426, 427, 428, they just kind of rolled, right? And it was good. But think about, this is why the good shepherd leaves the 99 and goes after the one. It's just one of us walking off saying, hey, what's over there? And before long, we all head off to see what's over there. And so the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Maybe what we need to do in the midst of being overwhelmed is is to not overanalyze or uh, um, um, overthink what we should do. Maybe the action that we take is to rest into the arms of the shepherd. Allow the shepherd to pick us up and carry us to safety. Maybe the best that we can do is listen for the call of the shepherd, the one shepherd that knows us and that we know the shepherd. We are such a doing society that if we do more, it'll be okay. But sometimes what we need to do is just be the sheep that the good shepherd shepherds. Friends, I hope that in your next steps, when the water gets so high, when the emails get so ridiculous, when the demands of everyone else seems to sweep you out with the tide, that you'll focus on the voice of the shepherd as he calls us home. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Friends, Chapelwood United Methodist Church exists to help ourselves and others take their next step in their faith journey with Christ. God doesn't call us to be still, but rather to uh, take steps uh, towards deeper discipleship, deeper reflection, and deeper service. Uh, And so I want to encourage you to take a next step this week. Maybe you know exactly what that next step is, but you just haven't uh, 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 started the conversation. Uh, The pastors are here to have that conversation with you. Um, I also encourage you, if you're part of the family, why don't you be in the family picture book 
We're, we're making a family scrapbook and we'd love for your photo to be in it. There are dates this week that you can come and get your picture taken for the pictorial directory. I'd love for you to sign up. I know that you could also do that in the fall, but if we don't fill up the dates in the spring, we may not get dates in the fall, right? So those of you who need to wait, wait. But those of you who could do it this week, be sure to be part of that family pictorial directory. I also want to encourage you that if uh, this um, conversation around uh, deep questions about uh, what, what if hope fails, what if love isn't enough, what if I'm overwhelmed, has struck a nerve for you and you'd like a group to talk about it, uh, we've got two uh, groups that are doing a kind of a sermon response. One of them's Mike Heather's group on Thursday nights at seven. It's an open group, come and go. Um, it's a wonderful opportunity to be part of a community that's asking questions. Uh, you can find that information in the bulletin or call the office. And then also so Mark and Winona Atnip, I think they were at the early service, on May the 4th, Monday, um, may the 4th be with you, um, uh, but on May the 4th at their house at about 7 o'clock, we'll be having another group that's totally new starting up. And of course, there are great Sunday school classes uh, here during the Grow Hour. Uh, I hope that you will find a group to journey along with, uh, because sheep are not lone sheep. Uh, sheep are part of a flock. So find a flock and uh, be a part of that group as you grow. Um, if today's the day that you'd like to join the church, I'd love for you to come down uh, so that we can begin that conversation about what it means to be part of the family. Um, but for now, um, why don't we join together in Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. David Hill's going to come and lead us in that, and you're going to find your hymnals and look for page 462. Going to come and stand over here because I know there will be a Stephen minister coming. Um, if you'd like somebody to pray with you right now or to arrange care for somebody, we also have a prayer room back here. The Stephen minister that's here would love to pray with you right now. Um, let's see. And then uh, uh, the benediction, that would be a helpful thing too. Why don't you grab a hand of somebody next to you as we share together in our benediction? Let's pray. Uh, Almighty God, we give thanks. That even as the winds blow and the rains fall and the waters rise, that as we get terrified and overwhelmed, that in scripture we are reminded that you stood in the boat, stretched out your hand, and said, peace, be still. And the winds and the rains obeyed your commands. Speak that word of peace and stillness in our overwhelmed lives, that we might leave this place carrying it with us, to share with others. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.